This is the free trader Beowulf calling anyone. Mayday, mayday. We are under attack. Main drive is gone. Turret number one not responding. Mayday! Losing cabin pressure fast. Calling anyone. Please help. This is the free trader Beowulf. Mayday! Welcome to a special edition of Gaming from the First Age, where I am joined by my two best mates, Dom and Tom, currently the second most popular children's entertainers duo north of Leeds. Not really. But they are good mates, and more importantly, for the next hour, they are long-time referees of the Traveller science fiction role-playing game. Now, this episode, we'll talk about one of the early tabletop RPGs that seems to still be going strong. Die-hard following, lots of new material coming out through uh, Mongoose Publishing, along with many others, including Zosa Games, John Brazier, Stella Gamma, Independence Games, and many, many other small content creators. And a lot of this content driven through the Open Kefius engine version of the Traveller game. Now, this recording, I have to say, is pure, unrefined spice, with little apology to ease the listener into the depths of Traveller. So a lot of terms are just lobbed in without explanation. Now, nevertheless, I think there's some great reflections in here and also some good advice. So get your flak jacket on, slot another round into your bolt-action rifle and leave your financial debts and unsold cargo of Clark's shoes behind. And let's propel ourselves into the swirling physics of jump space to find out more. Couldn't you change his voice to, to resemble that of Donald Trump? What, Dom's? Yeah, I probably could. Mm. Um, Actually, well, what would be really the case, then? Change his voice to resemble Emperor Strephon, therefore leading to the continued rumours that Strephon is still alive. Well, what does a hologram sound, sound like? He's where? What, you mean a robot? What does a robot sound like? <laughs> yeah, but it's a very good... It's a Tech Level 16 robot, so it's, you know... Uh, yeah, Margaret's not having any of it. I'm going to have to ask Tom, what, what is it that you are drinking? Well, I'm, I'm very pleased to say that I am, I am especially given my, my location in the northeast of England, I am drinking the Barnard Castle um, eye test ale um, <laughs> from, uh, from Brewdog. Uh, it's not so obvious on, on a webcam, but actually that does indeed become fuzzier the lower down you go. I'm trying to read it. I'm trying to read it. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a hazy uh, beer, fiercely defiant and independent. Nice. So as Dominic Cummings was driving around testing his eyes, they were making um, hand sanitizer for the NHS. Well, what are you drinking? Well, um, just brushing up the old uh, O-level French, which I'm going to, I'm going to massacre this. La Vielle Ferme. It's got a couple of chickens on it. A rather cheeky red. And a cheeky red. Five generations of the Perrin family. So Steve Perrin. Oh. Yeah, I was just wondering, is there a ring quest tie here? It might be. That might be why it's uh, 
So mm. chilled. Tom, Dom, what are you drinking? Is it? I've gone for the non-alcoholic strong coffee option here. Nice. Is that a cup of Joe? Um, it, it's, yes, a cup of Joe would go nicely. A cup of Joe. Yeah, you dirty Joe. Absolutely, well, and you know my opinions on that. It's a these mentally ill and corrupt Imperials are, are need help and medical assistance. They do. They They're do. All they need a, fundamentally thought criminals. Thought criminals. No, 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 no. They need they need treatment, not re-education. Um, so yeah, traveller then. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Dominic and Tom. therefore, we immediately reveal one of the issues about Traveller, which is: Are we talking about the game system, or are we talking about the setting? Well, I think we're going to get into that. But let's 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 uh, let's, let's just start with a look at the old uh, the old favourite question. Come on, you must have. I mean, it's been around since blah, 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 longer than many of us. Seventy-seven. Yeah, pro- popped along. Came out same year as Star Wars. He was coterminous with Star Wars, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and that in itself is a thing which we could perhaps get into. But what was your maybe? What was your first purchase, and what is your favourite version? If they are different things, so go on, Dom. Well, my first purchase, which I uh, have tabbed my side here to look at, there is the uh, starter edition of Traveller, which was actually the third role-playing game that I got, uh, mainly due to Games Workshop and their somewhat notorious credit note system. So not having a games workshop near me, I uh, I set, saved up my pocket money and I sent off to get it and I got a credit note back saying it was out of stock. So then I reordered the next month and the same again. By which time I'd picked up a copy of, I think, second edition Call of Cthulhu, which Games Workshop had just shipped as well. And then uh, I got at home's basic D&D at Christmas as a present. Wow. So this would be about 83, 84. And then finally Traveller arrived, and at that point, that was the game I was playing. That was the game I loved. A starter edition having just a simple two slim books in it with uh, yeah, yeah. worn to pieces in mind, tape together to hold it, the somewhat exciting map of the Imperium, and then um, two starter adventures, which were from the double adventures, which were back-to-back. Um, and that kept me happy for a fair bit until Mega Traveller came out, uh, in which case I took the plunge. So that was my first one. Probably, if I'm honest, my my favourite implementation of the system at the moment is Mongoose Traveller. I'm reasonably agnostic between um, first and second, mm. um, but second looks absolutely gorgeous with it there and is somewhat cleaned up, though there are quirky bits in the Starship Combat that I'm not that impressed with. And the first edition just felt so much like classic Traveller cleaned up and also came in a convenient little digest book yeah. if you wanted to get that rather than the hardcover. Nice. I think my first I think my first purchase was the similar starter set, actually. Uh, I, I subsequently got into the little black books, got those as well. You know, I picked up things like um, high guards, scouts, robots. You know, I, I sort of, um, Merchant Prince, I think it was called or something, which was, that's that book seven? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think it was. Eight robots. Eight robots, yeah. So I picked I picked them all up um, on the way. And so certainly it was, if you like, classic Traveller that I started on. Um, the starter set I thought was brilliant, actually. I thought it was a really nice implementation. And that beautiful map of the Spinwood Marches, um, because that's what travel's all about, isn't it? Third Imperium, it's, that's just what it is. Well, uh, it, it touched all the buttons of growing up on Arthur C. Clarke and Isaac Asimov and, um, and then all of them. 
fundamentally Andre Norton and her um, Solar Queen series and the sort of merchant traders exploring the edges of the frontier, and that just pressed all the buttons for me. I mean, I've done a lot of the editions uh, since then. Not all of them, but my favourite is probably the most recent. Oh, maybe it's not the most recent, actually, but it is Mongoose second edition. And I'll go, I'll go there for a variety of reasons. Tom? Well, um, it's always interesting listening to a, a young whippersnapper like Dom and his you know, <laughs> modern experiences. But um, I think it's worth pointing out that Traveller was, in fact, the first role-playing game I ever played at the age of 15. So that's, what, 1980? And um, in, in, in the lunch hours in the sixth form, an older boy um, used to run Traveller for us. Um, and it was basically 40 minutes of arriving on a planet that he generated using the star system generation, um, larking about shooting somebody and then flying off. And then the next lunchtime we'd land on another planet. And so in that sense, Traveller has a, a core, you know, a core position in, in the collection of role-playing games I love. The first edition I bought was the three, the box set, the three books. I think I bought it in my first year at university. So I blew some small part of my maintenance grant on it. Yes, children, you used to get a maintenance grant. We did. And um, I then bought Mercenary uh, to go in the same box. Um, a friend of ours tended to run his Traveller games using Striker. Uh, but that was that was too too complicated for me to be able to get my head around, and I also bought Merchant Prince because I've always been interested in um, interstellar trade economics. Uh, ever since reading Paul and Cornbluth's Space Merchants, I come from a similar sort of background, I think, in terms of science fiction, the sort of 1950s Asimov, Corn, Paul and Cornbluth, that sort of relatively mm. hard fiction that's very often dealing with philosophical issues perhaps more than military issues i then would say that the next edition of traveler that i really really liked and which i really thought encapsulated that original concise pared down lean approach to to the game was mongoose traveler first edition in mm. that lovely pocket rule book and I went out and then and bought all of the little the little black book versions that they did, until eventually my eyes gave up. I realised I couldn't read them anymore. <laughs> so I then went and bought the PDF so I could actually zoom into them on my computer screen. Um, so like you two, I would say my favourite version of Traveller is the Mongoose Traveller, and it is it is the Mongoose Traveller Second Edition which whilst being very expensive, part of Mongoose's fewer products but higher prices strategy, I do think is, is the definitive descendant of Classic Traveller. Hmm. But I am talking about system there, and perhaps later on in the conversation we can yeah. talk about setting and about issues like that. Yeah, yeah, there's a bit of both there, isn't there? And uh, yeah, I completely agree. Um, System-wise, it works for me. Dom? System-wise, there is a strong core from the start, which is the 2D6 for 8+, plus, with a skill modifying it there, maybe uh, as a characteristic on it. And that runs through. Um, changes a little where you go off into things like T4, Mark Miller's Traveller, which uh, developed a dice pool, which got a lot of people very upset. And obviously T&E, Traveller, the new area, which got a lot of people passionately upset about it because it completely changed some of the fundamentals of the technology in the universe. And Who it, played uh, it? Who played that? Who actually played T&E uh, amongst the three of us? Not me. I, pl I played it once. 
and I went back to Mega Traveler. I ran after it. I did not. I've played a war game based on it, but I've never played the role thing. Yeah, I I went for the um I went for the it was GDW, wasn't it at the time? So GDW's yeah. house system, as it was called. Yeah, it was. It didn't work <laughs> that well, to be honest. Um, I, I fought it. I fought it. I wanted it to work, but there was a combination of the virus setting plus the new game system. They were clearly making a, a big move to try and take it away and, and and take it into a new direction. And I don't think either of the directions that they took were quite right, um, either in terms of setting or rules. Much as I liked Hard Times, or I found Hard Times interesting as a as a transition supplement but no i did actually run it but i i have to admit i scuttled away from it reasonably quickly so, i i would go down the route of saying that the rules were very very crunchy compared to even mega travel mega travelers complications sat in the sub games the bit about traveler that i've always loved which is star system development all those elements that and, it, and that took that away from where i liked it yeah. but then tne went a step further and made the game system crunchy at the same time. Virus felt like a punch to the gut when it came out because uh, it just erased the entire setting there. And I was quite emotionally attached into the game from that with the, the Hard Times era on it there, which was one of a collapsing Imperium, but people holding a candle against the darkness and the players having agency to actually turn back the tide and the hope that the Imperium would start to recover. And then it virus setting just wiped it and i didn't like it as well from a techie point of view as an engineer because the descriptions on it there didn't resemble the technology they were talking about it i'm actually a lot more comfortable with it now than i was um because i think the way tech has developed it does it but they try to explain it too much with 1980s 1990s uh, technology i think it, it the feel of it just didn't work with me and got me quite detached from the game system though i pretty much bought a lot of it yeah tom I think, going back to system, that, that one of the defining things about Traveller is that it's always been a very modular system with lots of mm. um, subsystems that you can switch in and out. You can uh, you can run the game very lean with the, with the core rule books and little else, nothing else. Or you can switch in different ways of approaching um, starship combat, approaching uh, military engagements, mass combat, you can look at it, uh, star system generation through different variant systems. And because of the modular nature of it, it's not really difficult even now to um, play a game of Mongoose Traveller, but switch in one of the Mega Traveller world generation systems, or to decide that you do or do not prefer one set of trading rules versus another. And I think particularly in the area of Starship Combat, which is which is difficult, let's face it, because a lot of people want Starship Combat to really be World War II fighter planes in space or World War II naval engagements rather than what space combat would really be like. The advantage of Traveller is it's relatively easy to switch in and out world systems that give you any one of those variations. And there's a lot of compatibility between a lot of the, the different versions of Traveller. Um, so in that sense, it's a very good uh, modular design approach. And that's baked into the system from the very beginning. Yeah. However, if we're going to talk about systems, are we going to talk about Gertz Traveller? We are. We, we, we have to. 
But, you know, you do raise that really interesting question about Traveller, isn't it? Is it Foundation or is it Star Wars? And it's interesting it came out in 77, which is, of course, the iconic the, the iconic year of, of uh, uh, space opera. I never felt Traveller was Star Wars at all, ever. It, it just wasn't. It, you know, when I started off, and we, if, you, if you remember the early books, you know, you, you probably had a bolt-action rifle. You know, you were, you know, you were... I think the most flash thing that was in the basic game that was accessible to you, maybe before you grabbed something like mercenary or maybe sort of shuffled in striker out of left field, was was probably a laser pistol or sort of laser weapons that was straight. But well, it wasn't. It wasn't even a pistol. It only had the carbines and the rifles and with the pack. I don't think. Yeah, and I don't think yeah. they actually put pistols in the core rules. I've got a feeling it was no. mercenary added in fusion and plasma weapons and high-velocity electromagnetic gauss weapons, but it, it didn't go down the laser pistol route. No. That came later but on. To be honest, the, the, the game was written by... The game was written by Korean and Vietnam War veterans, or people who wished that they had been Korean and Vietnam War veterans. <laughs> and in some cases, it is really a simulation of World War II in space, and it reflects its core uh, inspirations. It's H. Beam Piper... Yeah. Um, it is it is a set of science fiction in which people go into space with with submachine guns and cutlasses. Definitely cutlasses. Yeah. Definitely cutlasses. Very important. Yeah. Uh, Not lightsabers. I don't know. So that but but on systems, I mean, there have been other ways of approaching traveller, and I mean, Gert's traveller is one, which is Gert's space was always very clearly massively influenced by traveller. It took the approach that you could run, you know, a, a, an authentic traveler game using the GURP system. I know Did. people have views about whether or not it's scalable, but my view is, in all essence, that that wasn't a traveler game. That was an implementation of GURP space that happened to be in known space. So it doesn't really count as a traveler system. I, I disconnected the moment I hit the Imperial measurements. I did run it a couple of times for bits. But um, the, the Imperial metrics rather than SI just completely did my head in because, as you refer to me being a young whippersnapper, I was born after we metrified. Well, it's the sort of thing that makes things crash into Mars, isn't it? I mean, I, I think when I... Well, you know, I think I did actually buy... I bought something. I may have bought GURPS Traveller. Uh, I didn't ever run it. Uh, I did buy GURPS Space, thinking it was a great source book. And the thing that got me about the GURPS implementation was the way it scaled modifiers, as in didn't. So you went right up from a pixie, obviously a space pixie, um, um, doing a little dance and maybe giving you a bit of a slap, right through to a sort of capital ship mega cannon. And once you got to the nice, really nice conceit of the 3D6 bell curve and then added 35 because you were firing a mega torpedo thing um it just it just fell apart and i i just i just felt mechanically it probably fitted together from a scale wise but actually playability wise i just looked and thought no not for me uh, and, and yet some of the best edited and best written traveler material was actually written for gups traveler if you take it and as background or setting yeah that was the point i was not making which is we have to talk about system and setting separately because I agree yeah. with you, the stuff that Lauren K. Wiseman did for Gertz Traveller was excellent. It avoids the whole issue of hard times and the virus, and 
it's essentially compatible with all other versions of Traveller. And it's noticeable that a lot of the Mongoose supplements, which Matt Sprang commissioned, are as canonically close to both the original GDW and, oh my God, who are they called? The people who did Mega Traveller. Digest Publications. G- well, but they did it under contract for GDW, so it was still a GDW yeah. book. It was, but it really was Digest Publications. So the Mongo stuff is as canonical as it can be with Classic Traveller, Digest Group Publications, which is Mega Traveller, and largely GURPS Traveller as well. Because in fact, you can pick up a lot of the GURPS Traveller source material and it can just feed directly into any Traveller game. And then we need to talk about the other hideous tentacled abomination in the room, which is T20. We could just pretend it never happened. You could run it with True 20. I, I, yeah. Um, Digest Group. I'm so glad you mentioned Digest Group, actually, because Pillars in the Night, Flames in the Night, they were, I felt. They were so good. They, I mean, all their material was so, so good. Beautifully researched. I think they pretty much came up with that sort of core task resolution system that found its way into Mega Traveller almost wholesale. I love And then found its way across RPGs generally. Uh, generally, I mean, really, really top-notch stuff. I couldn't wait for one of their Digest magazines to come out. I loved them. Um, but you're absolutely right. The game has sort of morphed and migrated on various occasions, either in terms of rule system or in t- or indeed in terms of setting. Milieu Zero, uh, another reboot for T4, um, setting it right at the beginning, if you like, of the Third Imperium. Um, well, literally Year Zero. I didn't do a lot of T4, but again, of course, that's migrated into Mark Miller's um, T5 in terms of mechanics. Dom, you've got more into the T5. Is is is, is Mark staying... Is, is there a lot of implicit setting in T5? T, t, t5 is basically a generic toolkit for Traveller. It uses a dice pool system. It suffered for me in the fact that it was even bigger than the City of Mist when that came out as a book. It was a telephone directory-sized tome which currently props up um, a pile of other books in my um, sort of on my shelf because I don't find it practical to read. I was tempted to get the reprint into three smaller books sort of uh, on it right there, but by the time you paid for the books themselves and the shipping to the UK, it was well over 100 quid at that point, and I decided not to go down the route. I think I probably wasn't going to use there because it would be deeply unpopular with the better half on that one. Um, but May I ask a question? Yeah, go, go on. on. Given what we discussed about the modular nature of Traveller, are there modular systems in T5 that you could you could simply take and use inside a, a Mongoose Traveller uh, campaign? Almost certainly on the basis that, the, that a lot of the engines are driven from task rolls. But it's a while since I read it, uh, and I think that the size of it just... My energies have gone more towards Mongoose Traveller because of that reason. Yeah. So, Traveller then, is it, how much is it a game system? How much is it uh, a setting? Is there so much of the Third Imperium, almost implicit in the core rule books, that really it's a, it's a game for the Third Imperium? Because there's a lot baked in, you know, in, in terms of social structures, in terms of mechanics. Is it actually something that you would pick up and use in other places? You know, not that anyone's tried that. Mind jammer. <laughs> Dom's just put the book up. Or indeed hostile, or indeed you know dot dot dot. Other. 
Traveller 2300 or um, Judge Dredd. And so then well, um, Sword of Cephas well. if we're going to go down that route. Sure, but if you're going to use Traveller then, if you were going to use Traveller uh, as your game engine for a, a thing, and um, let's say it wasn't the Third Imperium. I mean, I think it's a good, it's an obvious shoe-in for the Third Imperium as it was kind of maybe not originally written with that implicitly in mind, but certainly increasingly look like, looks that way. What would, you, what would you use it for? Well, first of all, I'm going to object to your definition of the setting as the Third Imperium, since the setting is quite clearly known space and it includes many other polities beside that, that upstart Terran institution known as the Third Imperium. As I and my loyal stormtroopers of the Soleimani Confederation would say, uh, or, or alternatively, um, the, the psionic um, the healing core of the, of the Jadani, uh, not to mention the hiver in the corner that's, that's perennially trying to work out how to play chess with the, with the various other life forms in the room. Uh, it's a much broader and bigger setting than the Third Imperium. But what I would say is that it was a setting that, that was derived out of the rule structure. So you can see in, in the early stuff that comes out for Traveller, because it starts with no setting. And to this day, you can pick up the core book of Traveller and generate an entire relatively trad SF setting with it. But there's nothing to stop you. Uh, no, sorry, so that's what you can do. You can generate any relatively trad SF setting with Traveller. With a little bit of reading of modern SF, you can actually generate almost any setting. It's simply a question of how you interpret a lot of the things that are going on in the different tech levels. So I actually think you can use Traveller to generate most SF settings. And it's interesting in some of the campaigns, so in the Secret of the Ancients campaign, they had no great, no difficulty in one of the, uh, the chapters switching to a galactic scale game in which centuries went by, you know, literally in, in rounds, and players were actually playing out civilizations, but using the core traveler mechanics, because the scaling of them is not actually that difficult once you take that leap. So my view is you can do most things with Traveller. What you can't do with Traveller is necessarily bring in a lot of the modern role-playing aesthetics about motivations, goals, trust, a lot of that sort yeah, of yeah. In indie game stuff. Except it's such a modular system, it's actually very easy to bring them in as well. You could. You know, there are modular trust systems, reputation systems. It's not that difficult with that very core roll two dice and add a modifier to be able to reinterpret uh, a lot of indie mechanics straight into a traveler game just add a small box on, on the character sheet and away you go. I wouldn't feel limited in terms of setting. Yeah. I think Traveller, when you look at it, as its core has that 2D6 based mechanic, it has a life path system and the rest you can build on as you and expand out. And if you think about it in the indie game space, you've had games like PDQ, which are very similar mechanically on it there. And they go a little bit more commercially you've got the decipher lord of the ring system which is mega traveler with feats effectively and in fact references mark miller in the credits on it for design assistance on it there so i think tom's completely right the setting for the third imperium has grown out of the rules but certainly when you get into the material that was produced for for example the fire fusion steel books where you can tune 
the settings up and down, you can change the technology assumptions. I don't think it's it's limited just to that 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 setting there. But I find that that setting draws me back repeatedly because there's a richness in it that's uh, that in the official traveler universe night in known space that's drawn me back many many times. Well, oh, yeah. far too many times, I suspect. Coming up to probably nearly forty years of playing in it. Well, no, same here. Forty years, absolutely right. And I think, if anything, for me, perhaps slightly more, the setting draws me back than the game. Although I do like its simplicity and the modular nature of it. But I think overall it is probably the setting that does draw me back. But there are things that I, if I was going to sit down now and run a run a game, I'd probably run it in four even, for example, as I'd run it just slightly outside of the Spinworld Marches, and I'd run it something that would have the tensions of the Zodani Consulate in there, and something around this sort of, again, outside of the Imperium, something that with, with all the polities that are sort of struggling out there in the slight backwater. That's what kind of appeals to me. But because system matters, I think, it will produce a certain style of game, and the rules provide you with that certain style of game. And so there is plenty of science fiction, great science fiction out there, that I simply would not use Traveller for as well. You know, it just doesn't... Such as? Um, so I think we came back to the space opera feel. Uh, I've got better, or at least rule systems that I feel apply better to other styles of game. And that's because system matters. And certainly if you go down to the core mechanics of, of, of Traveller, it does a great job. It does a great job of what it does. But it's not for me... Unless, okay, fine, you, you could, you could bolt, up, bolt on a whole load of extra bits and pieces onto it. I, I wouldn't use it for anything. So what, I suppose what I'm saying is, is, for me, Traveller is fantastic. For me, frankly, as probably all other games, it's not a one-size-fits-all. And, no, it's and, not. And, and, and that's fine. No. And that's not fine. And, and, and of course, it, it isn't, I don't think. So if you were to run a game now, and say, I mean, I'm, I'm perhaps you are, and I think, I think maybe you're planning one. Um, there's been some talk. Um, but... Where would you where would you run it then? Would it be in the third Imperium? Has that drawn you back? And 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 why are you going to wherever you're going if you're going to run a traveller game now? I'll, I'll have a similar thought, but I think I've I've told you probably for me it's four even, uh, maybe just eleven oh five ish. Certainly, it's going to be sort of pre around about the third frontier war. I'm going to say, but uh, lots of tensions on the border. That's me. How about you? I would. My, my default view is to go to the Trojan Reaches. I think that Mongoose have put together a very nice um, sector there. You've got a mixture of, of Orthodox Aslan coming in. Uh, you've got unorthodox, really nasty, unpleasant, xenophobic Aslan. You've got collapsed empires, collapsed polities. Um, you have a, a relatively uninterested uh, Imperium uh, just sitting on the border, just messing a little bit here and there with the General Development Corporation. You have a position, a, a, a sector that very often feels like Star Trek. You know, you never quite know what you're going to bump into when you come to a, a system. Um, you've got the Darians not too far to be able to drift down in their science exploration ships. And I'm not particularly frightened of hard times either. Because I think logically the Imperium would have recovered from hard times, and periods of conflict are always interesting for role playing games. So I, I would go for that. My my default, if I was going to start a travel campaign, bit would be to look at hard times at this point because it's a su supplement I've read repeatedly. I think it's one of the best traveler supplements in the way it thinks about progression over years, and and forms the basis for a campaign. And the characters can be heroes quite easily. 
or villains because quite often traveler players do wander off the other way that's the one i don't jump to by default the other ones i'd be tempted to explore are the gateway supplements either the mega traveler gateway uh, i think it was journal four possibly it was completely one big campaign or the gateway to destiny for t20 because there's a different area that hasn't been explored all of those sort of interest me because there's big big arcs in it there the other area that's tempted me is um the work that Andrew Keith, Joe Andrew Keith did on um, Caledon and the area in that in that area. I can't remember the sector top maker. It might be Trojan Reaches actually, um, where you have a piracy campaign where the Imperium is are very much as you guys have talked about interfering at the edges. And I've that taken sounds... that, you know, I, I've taken yeah, that is. twice and run the opening for that at conventions and reflected the module nature of Traveller. We actually developed the command crew. Had the other crew crew members as basic stats, and then improvised a troop style of play on it, which worked really well. And the players basically planned their first heist, which was taking acting as a privateer and capturing a merchant vessel. But it just felt like it could have been the opening of a campaign. Right there, and, that, and, and doing that, I'd love to because my previous traveller campaigns have tended to be more the merchant style, meandering through the spinwood marches, trying to make a, make money trying to not get noticed and seeing a, a war rumbling with the fifth frontier war coming up in the background yeah if you're going to take traveler so that's interesting so we've we've all gone for somewhere in the third imperium and that's our, our natural inclinations in space yeah well okay so if you were going to go somewhere else um would you use traveler and if so where would you take traveler i'm really really interested in zoza games hostile setting it's so yeah. I've, I'm not, I do have the Free League Alien game, which is fantastic for what it is. But I do I really like the Zosa Games uh, hostile setting look. It does have the advantage of using the Kefius engine. We haven't mentioned the Kefius engine, but you know it's essentially Mongoose first edition. It's kind of like available for all to use. I, I find that sort of Ashcans and industrial kind of feel for a setting for me fits traveler really really well I, I it's sort of kind of hand in glove and i can see why they've gone that way with it very very nicely done and i think probably i would i would look for slightly more near future uh, potentially 2300 but I, I i do like what where they've gone with hostile and i think probably that's where i would probably go with traveler were i to run it sort of outside um and that's not counting the sword and sorcery version that's just come out but that's where i would go where would you take traveler would you take traveler somewhere out of the imperium and if so what would you do with it i have two that attract me you mentioned 2300 mm. and i i love 2300 as a setting and i was actually gutted when i actually realized when i bought traveler 2300 it wasn't the pre-interstellar wars bit when i actually got it i love the way the setting was not americans in space and not not that initially cold war thing in the french with the superpower and then there was Alien Race, but you could do exploration. It felt frontier. It felt well-developed. The one that niggles at me to, to run that's outside it is uh, Mongoose Traveller had a, a really good implementation of Judge Dredd on it. And um, that setting is done very, very well. And I, I get find myself drawn back to those comics every now and again and come close to running it. And I think it would make it quite a good fit. It's, it's gritty enough, but can handle the, the the way that style of game plays out to, to the work pretty well. And the material producer was excellent, the exception of one or two maps in uh, the Cursed Earth supplement. Which were a bit... I think that Hostile is an excellent implementation. It fits, it works, and I look forward to playing in your game, Graham. <laughs> um, 
as a long-standing uh, fan of 2000 AD, uh, I, I thought that Lawrence Whitaker did a really good implementation for Judge Dredd as well. I thought it was very jar jazz. Um, a friend of mine's run it previously. I would continue to, I would want to run that or play it. I, I thought it was a good implementation. I thought it worked. But if I'm going to do non-known space traveler, then I have to say I would do The Outer Veil by Spiker Publishing. Essentially, it's it's humanity expanding out from Earth. They, they've just invented Jump 2 spaceships, so the degree to which they can actually explore these new systems that are coming within their range is, is, is quite limited. And everything's open. Everything's... Mm almost as as open as picking up those first three black books um back in in 1983 or 1984 um and going oh i'll generate a system i wonder what those those funny hexadecimal numbers mean oh it means that oh and away you go um so i think i would i would run the outer veil i would i would very much view it as a a 1980s sf game um, obviously, Arnie would be in there, probably the Predators. Sigourney Weaver would turn up and save the day at the end. Nice. Where is that damned first age? Oh, there you are. <clears throat> look, look, I've told you before, everyone's welcome at the gaming tavern. Guests are able to dry off next to a blazing fireplace full of elves, listen to a disturbingly wide range of music from the Gnomic jukebox, and sup a yellow wine or crunch through a bag of cobalt bollock scratchings. What? Well, of course everyone's welcome to join in the polite muttering and chatter and other things about elf games and polyhedral dice. Look, it's really not that difficult. I've got in some lovely Urukai Black IPA. I've fed the dragon. Just join in at www.gamingtavern.eu. How much of a gearhead are you, you two? I mean, I've dabbled. It's one of the sub-games. The merchant sub-game is definitely a sub-game. You can, you can go in your box-like starship with your, with your bolt-action rifle and sell shoes um, in various places in the Imperium. Um, but, the, but, you know, and, and that works kind of after a fashion. But the gearhead thing is a thing as well. People going off and either designing systems... Uh, Scouts, thank you. Uh, I think Scouts was the one that really sort of opened my eyes to it and it got my calculator out again and I was off um, busy designing sort of how, how far away is this star and what's the gravitational impacts for jump drives and all that kind of good stuff. So there's that element and there is the, I want to design a, you know, my my Ford Focus, my you know, tech level 10 Ford Focus, obviously, or, or indeed, I don't know, I think there was th- something for guns as well and stuff. There is that gearhead feel about that you don't need anyone to play this game. You can just sit there and design stuff the whole time uh, and have a wonderful time doing it. Was that you too? Did did you kind of do the gearhead yeah. thing? I I did. Um, it's all right. I spent it's a fine. huge amount of time with Book Five High Guard to the point I had to buy a second copy because it fell apart. The I, I just loved designing the starships in it and playing and optimizing them. And then you find out things like that. Someone actually did a scientific paper. I think it was the Eurisco. Um, where they did they designed by computer that op- completely optimized fleet for the trillion credit squadron competitions and battles and um, actually wiped the floor with all the uh, home designed ones on it there. there there is something that always has engaged my mind in, in diving into that 
Starship subsystem. Never really got that much into merchants, and then when I started to play a merchant campaign, that became a lot easier because uh, I think one of my friends, Derek Jones, had designed a spreadsheet, early Excel spreadsheet in Make Me Travel, and took the entire trading system and just built it with the Spoonbar Marshes in it so you could actually calculate what your optimum, where do I go to? run a bit there so that, ne that never really worried me too much because that was built but there was just something about building starships planets on book six i was late getting book six um, but you're right the sub games were a part of the joy of the game and you could easily spend certainly when you're a, a young teenager living quite a way away from most of your friends on it there you could end up sitting there designing starships and uh, even fighting the starships and playing around to see how it worked out um, and kidding yourself that you're a big naval architect or a fleet admiral how about you, Tom? Did you do the thing? Did you do the solo thing or the build? Oh, I, I, I think Traveller is, is, is never given the credit it deserves as one of the ultimate solo role-playing experiences. I know people who have played Traveller for 40 years and have never gone to a table because they, uh, they, they built room. spaceships, yeah. they design systems. Uh, I know people who just play the trading rules. But that's all they do. They just trade. So in that sense, yes, of course, I've designed a few spaceships and, and some stuff like that. But I'm not really a gearhead. I've, you know, I've spent most of my life with engineers. I, I understand engineering. I doesn't turn me on enough to, to 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 spend my time on it. And yet, I am at the end of the day very much a believer in socio-technical systems. And I have spent a lot of time designing systems. But I move very rapidly from the front end of the UPP to the end. So I spend a lot of time working with some of the supplements, particularly the ones that Bits did, um, looking at and understanding the societies and the politics and the religions and the social implications that come out of the subsystems in Traveller. And there is a lot of support for that. Again, there are modular systems from DGP, the stuff that British Isles Traveller Support did, and just the shit you know about society and human beings, or not human beings, because of course that nicely throws throws it all at a, at a distance. So in that sense, I'm a gearhead when it comes to the other definition of SF, which is speculative fiction, particularly looking at societies and people. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Tom. I think you, I think you're we're kind of slightly kindred there. I I have spent. I think I spent about three days designing a, a star system using, I think it was Scouts Book 6, loved it. Then I spotted how many systems there are in the third Imperium and even in one subsection thought, oh, hang on, wait a minute. I would like to focus a little bit more on what's going on in this place. Who, who's there? Why are they there? What are they doing? Why are they interacting? What are the tensions? And I suppose at the end of the day, I, I think I've also done the, let me design the tweaked to perfection starship for a player starting group i've done that thing as well i think we've all done that a bit and you know what do you mean you can only do jump to don't, don't be ridiculous um you know haven't you got the books what's going on so I've, I've done that but i think at the end of the day i'm i'm too much of a sort of a story plot societal kind of person to to want to spend a lot of time designing the optimum shotgun or far trader or whatever it might be. I think now, interestingly, because I think one of my interests was I got all the numbers down, but they were just numbers. And these days, I've, there's enough compute out there for you to draw it nicely. It'll look a lot prettier these days than I could have made it pretty 
back in 1990, whenever I was doing it, and I'd have come out with sort of a whole series of numbers. I'd have then had to have recreated those numbers in some kind of attractive way, or I'd wanted to have done for the players, and ultimately I'd have got my crayons out, you know. But these days I could probably do that. So I've got a bit of gearhead in me because we're all GMs, so we do a bit of that, but um, not that much. I do think that that's possibly one of the areas Traveller could do with more development in. If you look at things, for example, like Diaspora, when it's got the system development, the interlinks of the systems, I think the weight of the third Imperium on the setting is that that side of things is not as well developed in the material, source material, and how you go. You, an individual world, yes, but that's because you're building off having a UPP, um, Universal Planetary Profile, expanded up, and then what does that actually mean when I get there? And uh, I have looked in other places rather than Traveller for that kind of thing when I've been looking at systems and designing them. The other, the other sort of solo game, the gearhead bit that, you, that we, we miss talking about here is actually the character generation. The character generation with its infamy about, oh, did you die in Traveller in character generation, which actually went out of the first edition pretty quickly, and they changed it so you could just have a, be invalid out. But that whole life path system, and that was revolutionary at its time. Coming through and, and actually building so many modern role-playing games. So, I mean, this is the thing about this, you know, old-school Renaissance stuff, which I'm very skeptical about. If you really want to look at the roots of a lot of role-playing, go and look at some of the game systems which were published then and which are still thriving and and still basically the same. And Traveller brought an awful lot to the hobby. Uh, it needs to be recognised more. I agree, and it, and it still holds up. And in that sense, it's still going. You know, I mean, it's. It's got a life of it. Where do you see it going? I mean, just just thinking of the future of Traveller, because it is about the far future, uh, after all. How do you see Traveller developing? I mean, are you are you are you are there things that you're looking for for Traveller that are, that are yet to come, or are you are you happy to wallow in the huge stack that you, of books that you've currently got and uh, uh, enjoy them probably forever because you because you simply could. Are there, th- are there other places that you want the, the game system to go or other places that you want the setting to go? Are there any particular things you're looking for in your own campaigns that you're wanting to do? I guess where I am is that part of the joy when I really got into Traveller as you moved into Mega Traveller was the timeline moving gradually on. And even if you looked when um, JTAS and the classic tra- Traveller was in publication, you had these little snippets and there's a meta plot running in the background not huge, you could just have it as background noise. I kind of feel at the moment that where we are with Mongoose doesn't move that forward. There was a, in the reset with T4, there was an attempt to do that, where you explore and discover it and wound a lot of people up. Was, the books were poorly edited, but, but also wound people up because they felt it wasn't heroic, because the design team had actually modeled the way that the Imperium grew on how the British Empire grew, which wasn't very nice uh, on it there. And the, 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 this shock of, oh, but they're meant to be heroes. And I think um, it's probably a little bit too gritty, but Melio Zero to me felt exciting because that bit hadn't been defined, it hadn't been gone into. Um, you look at Interstellar Wars, which is absolutely superb supplement published for GURPS, where it's right at the start of Terra um, contacting um, what is the first Imperium, the Villani Imperium. That to me, that feels like it, almost like a different game, but a recognizable roots. And I don't see where Mongoose and its implementation is going with that. Where do you bring new people in? Because actually, a lot of the material that comes out ends up retooling it. I might be wrong. Some of the um, the exploration supplements may take it that way. And I think some of you've got copies of those, but um, I haven't seen anything that's engaged me enough to want to go and buy 
more of the material on it. I've ended up with just the core books on Mongoose 2 and the screen. Yeah. I think there's two two ways to answer this. I think in terms of system, I I think the modular nature of Traveller means that there is the opportunity to touch on the storytelling and the social sides of the game in a more modern, friendly way to those who like that style of gaming. And I think that could easily be done with a, a supplement to the current edition that said, if you like this stuff, and I do, this is how you fit it into your game, and it can sit there as an optional extra. And at some point in the future, you know, if Mongoos do a third edition, they could include it into the core game. So that's what I would say about the system. It could do with some of that indie stuff in there. D&D 5th edition has got it, you know, uh, on the edge, the inspiration and stuff like that. Could do with that. And I, I'm disappointed that the Mongoose 2nd edition didn't incorporate that. I think Boons and Banes were fairly irrelevant. I think it would be much more interesting to have had um, goals, virtues, vices, um, and something like that. Even, even built a tag or something off the uh, each of the um, the attributes or the higher attributes, so you have a, a descriptor there you could engage in. Yes. However, the other question is, where would you take Traveller to in terms of new settings? Mm. And I have to say, most of the innovation is coming from people who are using Cafeus, which, as you said, is essentially the OGL clone of Mongoose 1. And there are a lot of interesting alternative... Uh, innovative systems coming out there. I would agree with Dom. I think Milieu Zero has an awful lot of opportunity to be explored further. But I am I am encouraged to see that Mongoose's starter set, despite being quite expensive, was actually set in a completely new area of space, never touched on before, and which you can literally use as a sandbox and build the setting up from scratch using the core mechanics of the system. And I think there's quite a lot to be said for that, particularly for those people who perhaps are re-engaging with, with sandbox or procedurally generated role-playing, which is you know very popular in some circles. And Traveller, of course, is one of the original procedurally generated um, setting systems. Ironically, it's not used it very much. So that's what I would say. Two different things, system and settings for the future. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and system-wise, I'm to be honest, I'm sort of reasonably happy where it is. I might, I might make some some very minor tweaks to it, um, but really very minor. Um, I'm perfectly happy with Mongo's second edition from where it is. I sort of know what it is. I know the boundaries around which it operates, and quite comfortable with that. So I'm not looking for a huge amount of, if you like, system development from it. I'm reasonably happy. Uh, Setting-wise, as I say, I, I agree, Tom. I think I'm probably heading more towards maybe this, maybe things like hostile, so there's sort of more the kefius end of things. Or, frankly, I would use the richness of the Third Imperium as I understand it, because there is a part of me that always wants to go back there because I enjoy it so much. And so, again, as I say, something around the sort of borders and edges where it's not too complacent although there's plenty to be had i'm sure at the heart of the imperium there'll be some fantastic games in the heart of the imperium but i think for me i'm probably wanting to go out, out into the borders and the edges where different cultures are more obviously interacting and interfacing but um i'm not probably in, in any i have to say i mean I, I i'm not in any great hurry to run traveler at the moment and i haven't been for some time and i'm 
I've just got sort of a lot of other things that I'm doing. Uh, have either of you got campaigns planned that you actually want to do something with Traveller? Because I know we've talked about it on forums and things, but is is it going to be a thing, do you think, for either of you? Or have you got other things that you're doing? I very much want to run Traveller in the next year. Um, I want to return to the Trojan Reaches. I want to, you know, I, I, I want to, the Darians to broker peace between the um, what's left of the Sindal Empire, understand what the Florians were, were really up to, and to to fight off the evil Aslan Glorious Empire, probably with the help of, of Orthodox Aslan um, as they expand out on their crusade for more land on their Ihatai. And I would do that with Traveller. But part of it is because it's a, I need I want to go back to some of that trad SF, and you say it's foundation or it's HB and Piper, but you know it's also it's also Voyager and Enterprise, um, it's uh, it's Andromeda, it's Dark Matter, it's 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 Killjoys, and all of those yeah. those sorts of games can run in Trojan Reaches, and that's why that's where I want to go back to next. I just think come Tom Billy on that for a second. I think if you look at any of the Traveller editions, they are influenced quite often by the what the sci-fi that was running in the year or two preceding their coming out was done. And what the big books were, what the elements were, even the name of Traveller, the new era, uh, Star Trek, the next generation. Uh, do we see a resemblance there? Yeah, we do. Uh, I think there's an influence on what's going on and what's popular in sci-fi as a genre. To answer Graham's original question, though, um, which was, are you planning to run it? I keep on kicking around the hard times area. You keep on nudging me on it. Uh, I've got to get through uh, Curse of Strahd at the moment, which I'm running for a fifth edition group. Um, once I've got through that, I'll uh, I'll probably at that point start looking around to another, run another game. I'm really glad I've got it on my shelf, and I'm glad that we continue to get it off the shelf and into our active gaming. And it's been something, I mean, for me... Like all of us on this call, I mean, I go back to 81 with Traveller. I think it was the second or third game I ever played. And that was a homebrew, you know, set in the Spinwood Marches, as so many games were at that time, because that's what was uh, brought out. It's still a game that I really love to do. And sometimes when I go out to a convention, very rarely actually Traveller is there. But if it is there, I will tend to gravitate towards having a go at it. Because otherwise I don't get to play it quite as much as I used to. And I'm generally speaking, I look to Tom for that. Because Tom tends to sort of run his Drinax and uh, run his Secret of the Ancients. So if, if you like, all the major campaigns that I've played in, probably over the past, I want to say, four or five years, probably longer have been actually games run by, probably probably run by Tom, in, in terms of Traveller. And I've run increasingly little now that I, I haven't done Travcon. And interestingly, we, we set up North Star, which is a convention for science fiction gaming, and we deliberately made it such that it was more broad-based than just Traveller, although well, Traveller was obviously very, very welcomed. But I haven't run a lot of Traveller yet at North Star, so I'm probably, I'm looking to others to play it, I think is what I'm saying, rather than me myself. I've tended to run. Always be very welcome. <laughs> I've tended to run Traveller at conventions predominantly, so that gets into the interesting space of what makes an interesting one spot. And I, I always like exploring. There's a lot of conventions, much like any game system setting that's been around prior. There are a lot of conventions what people assume around the setting, and I quite like turning those in the head a little bit, and at least playing it from the other side, like having the players play Zadano start off the whole conversation with what, what do you know about this? and then just try and flip it on the head when you get into it there. 
and make them ex explore it a little bit differently. I think it make, makes a fun game at a convention, particularly as it can be quite dangerous if you're trying to play it in heroic mode on it there. But it, 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 I've played more in conventions than I've played in campaigns the last couple of years. Any last thoughts then? I think we're going to do a wrap soon. So any last thoughts on Traveller? I think the thing with Traveller is, it is if you've never gone into it, it is really, really easy to become intimidated by the amount of material that's been written. It's like Glorantha in that, in that context. Actually, it's not that difficult. It, you get the core book, you can create your own thing. If you want to go into the official setting, pick up one of the Spimba Marches or the Trojan Reaches. You don't need to know it all there. There's a the basic encyclopedia brings you it brings it together. If you think about the way the D and D is pursued um, in fifth edition, the, uh, the the established settings where there's just a simple core book that you can build out, or if you want to draw and all the stuff you want to, it's very much been run in the same mode. So I certainly wouldn't be put off. There are a lot of people who will start on some of the forums arguing about the canon and this book says this and that that book says that. It doesn't actually matter unless you're writing for the for the game. If you're writing to be published. It matters. If you're writing for a game you're running for friends, it's your traveling universe. And I say go with it as it is and what you enjoy and, and bring in elements you would. There's, there's a lot of stuff out there. And because of the modularity, you can bring it out of the other elements like the, the material like Hostile, and you said there earlier on. You can draw from other settings and bring it together. So don't, if you've not tried Traveller, don't go down the route of assuming it's, a, it's extremely weighty in the back of canon. There is a lot of material, but you don't need to have it there. And if you really want it, um, Mark Miller sells it on his website in CDs that um, have a lot of it collected together for not a lot of money. And he normally gave them in the UK, get them about a week later when you order them. I, I feel that Traveller is the game that you should play. If you like science fiction that's about a bunch of oddballs on a spaceship trying to make a living, uh, with a, an engineer with a dark past uh, and, a, and a captain with, with an ego problem uh, and a medic who's addicted to something rather strange that's extracted out of an alien life form and you're never quite sure what the next planet's going to be and quite possibly your referee has no idea what the planet's going to be but when you get there you'll, you'll decode this, this odd string of hexadecimal and it'll give you a whole bunch of very lean but but rich ideas from which you can weave your next SF story before you jump back onto your, your rusty freighter and fly away again. You can do an awful lot of other things with it, but if you all you really want to do is experience the core experience of being a traveller in interstellar space, then play Traveller. I completely agree. You know, it's one bizarre experience after another whilst being weighed down horrendously by a massive mortgage. And I tell you something, for a lot of people, it kind of speaks to them in a very real way. But in between time, you know, between selling those shoes, um, there's, there are so many minor victories, bizarre things that can happen, and just, just that full gamut of the science fiction experience which is out there, um, whilst busy trying to pay off, maybe pay off in advance uh, your debts, unless, of course, you decide to do something weird and wacky, which is always allowed, because, as you say, it's wide open, isn't it? Cool, thanks, That's guys. Actually... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a wrap there. Thank um, you. Great talking travel Thank with you. you. Pleasure. It's been great. Thank you, Graham. We should play Take it sometime, you know? Thank you. Cheers, Take guys. Care. See ya. Take care. See ya.
Well, there you have it. Many thanks to both Dom and Tom for joining me on the podcast to talk about all things Traveller. A lot of love there, don't you think? Perhaps a little cake and eat it too? Given the game's light chassis, it's argued that you could bolt any rule subsystems onto it to do any SF gaming that you'd care for, and in new ways, whilst at the same time possibly accepting that it isn't a one-size-fits-all kind of game. In practice, in my experience, most people run Traveller as given, and, well, at least for me, rules matter. So Traveller produces a certain style of game that expects and responds to certain types of behaviours and actions in-game. If I'm running cinematic space fantasy, maybe in a, a Star Wars mode, I have other games that would stand ahead of Traveller, at least for me. But even within that, there are endless worlds and cultures to explore with this light and adaptable game framework out in known space uh, and beyond. I hope you enjoyed our discussion. I'll be back soon with an update on a new virtual tabletop to hit the scene, some beautiful cartography, my continuing obsession with abandoned RPG systems of the 2000s, and a new campaign that is currently in formation. So, until then, I hope I find you happy, well, and managing in these difficult pandemic times. In the show notes, I'll put in some places where you can reach out for us to connect up. Take care, and happy gaming.